The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you don't have that kind of time and otherwise I will talk forever. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today's episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, We are going to focus on a new journal article I just read this week, but we're going to talk about practice improvement. Are you practicing up-to-date medicine? Uh, Here's a a, a quiz or a test that you can think about when you think about your own practice. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about COPD exacerbations and how well do you manage them. Now, why are we talking about this today? Well, I think it's important to always continually reassess if what you are doing is what we should be doing. Uh, I've always been taught to manage COPD exacerbations based on the GOLD criteria, a Global Initiative for Chronic Obstructive Lung Disease, the GOLD criteria. But is there a better way to handle these COPD exacerbations? So I am dumber than an Iowa football fan, so I'm not in charge of these rules. I'm going to go looking at the sources to see to make sure that I am practicing up-to-date medicine. So as to start our review today, we're going to talk about what are the basics of COPD exacerbation management. Of course, we start with beta-adrenergic agents, albuterol, love albuterol. Uh, Now, we classically give these in the inhaler form, but also have the option for nebulizers, Studies have not shown that nebulizers are superior to inhalers. However, as all of us know, our patients seem to think that they get better uh, administration of their inhalers when they come when they come in nebulizer form. Uh, the studies have not demonstrated that to any degree, but it's not wrong if the patient sees that they or thinks that they have a better response to nebulizer to switch to a nebulizer. Now, uh, ipratropium bromide, of course, uh, also known as like duoneb when you combine them with albuterol, uh, works pretty darn well as uh, in addition. Studies have found that this combination therapy produces bronchodilation in excess of just albuterol uh, or ipratropium by itself. Uh, seems to be very helpful in exacerbations or stable COPD. Interestingly, also for asthma exacerbations as well, which I've never used it for, but it is uh, indicated for that as well. Um, we always have to watch out when we talk about ipratropium with uh, guys with BPH and urinary retention. Uh, I see this a lot with some of our uh, longer-acting anticholinergics like teotropium as well. So just be careful when we're doing those in old guys uh, with BPH and urinary retention risk factors. Next comes prednisone, the greatest and worst medicine in the world. Uh, studies have shown that it does have a significant impact on overall improvement in dyspnea and resolution of the COPD exacerbation. Now, 40 milligrams for five days is the recommended course. Longer courses are not necessarily any better. And then of course, if you get too long, you do have to taper. So 40 per five seems to be the magic number. I think we're all up to speed on that. Now, here comes the meat and potatoes of what I wanted to talk about today. And that is antibiotics. Uh, As everybody knows who has ever heard me talk, I am an antibiotic nihilist. I think that 
Uh, less is almost always more, and I think we overdo it significantly, and I think the research backs that up. So what about antibiotics for COPD exacerbations? Because clearly they are indicated. The GOLD criteria recommends antibiotics for moderately to severely ill patients with COPD exacerbations who have increased cough and sputum purulence. Now, other definitions say that this should be limited to patients that have two of the three symptoms, the major symptoms of COPD exacerbations, and that is either they have increased dyspnea, increased sputum volume, or increased sputum purulence, the thickness, the coloring, et cetera. Now, two of those three would indicate a need for an antibiotic based on the recommendations. This does not matter if they are sick enough to require hospitalization because of hypoxia, or if it is outpatient uh, management as long as it is moderate to severe. But is there a better way to determine who actually needs antibiotics more than just the expert recommendations? Now, again, these are not necessarily, we, to pause, we know that antibiotics do aid in benefit to recovery for people who are moderate to severe. There is evidence to support that that does make a difference, that it decreases admission time, that it improves the recovery and shortens the course of the COPD exacerbation. But can we limit, can we, can we figure out in that moderate to severe, do all patients need antibiotics or are there a subset of people who would benefit more? As we all know, the COPD exacerbations that walk in are not homogeneous. There's some that are caused from pneumonia or bacterial causes. Others are viral. Many obviously are viral. And some are more allergy triggered or irritant triggered or air quality triggered. Now, how do we figure out who needs an antibiotic and who does not? Side note, fun statistics here. 70% uh, of COPD exacerbations are due to infections, a combination of viral and bacterial. But 30% of, of COPD exacerbations are due to environmental pollution, uh, pulmonary embolism, other etiologies that are completely unrelated to infections. Uh, again, should these people get antibiotics? Do they benefit? And so that's what I want to address today. And to do that, we're looking at a research study in the European Respiratory Journal. And it is entitled, CRP Guided Antibiotic Treatment in COPD Exacerbations in Hospital Admissions. Okay, so this is in the inpatient world. This study applies to that not outpatient, as most of us here listening to the podcast are outpatient practitioners. But I think if you actually read the definitions of who is getting these and the actual uh, patient statistics or patient demographics in the study, I think it also applies to our moderate, severe outpatient demographic as well. But keep that in mind that this might not be as super helpful as maybe it would be if we were doing hospital admissions. Now, again, we've looked at something similar when it comes to pneumonia and procalcitonin levels, and procalcitonin can help guide the duration and scope of antibiotics in pneumonia treatment and when you can stop based on procalcitonin levels. Uh, also applies sometimes to sepsis, but today we're looking at CRP-guided antibiotic treatment. And in the study, what they did is they looked at these uh, acute hospitalizations for COPD management, and they either put them in a protocol where they followed the gold strategy, which we just talked about and we reviewed, versus a new CRP strategy in which they looked at the CRP level, basically treating anyone with a CRP level over 50. Now, looking at those two groups, the gold criteria groups versus the CRP groups, in the gold group, 46% of the patients got antibiotics. 
Not surprising given these are hospitalized patients and given what we know about the gold criteria. In the CRP group, only 31% of hospitalized patients got antibiotics given that their CRP was over 50. Again, 69% were under 50 of a CRP, so they did not get treated. Now, when we look at the 30-day treatment failure rate and the time to next exacerbation, both groups were nearly identical. The fact that we were probably over-treating a solid 15 to 20% of people in that gold criteria because they weren't sick enough, didn't have as much inflammation, weren't at high enough risk. But based on the gold criteria, which is pretty non-scientific, non-specific symptoms, very, very vague, we're probably over-treating. Now, the length of hospital stay, which doesn't really apply to us in the outpatient world, was very similar. Seven days in the CRP group versus six days in the gold group, uh, p-value was clinically non-significant. In fact, in the entire study, the only clinically significant number was the difference in antibiotic prescribing rates. In fact, at day 30, they looked and they did a big uh, review of the patients. There was no difference in symptom scores, no difference in quality of life, no difference in serious adverse events. CRP might be an okay guide to whether or not your patient actually needs antibiotics added to steroids, added to your short-acting albuterol, added to your duonebs, et cetera, in our COPD exacerbations. Now, uh, again, we are outpatient clinicians. Most of the people listening to this podcast are not in the hospital. Some of you are maybe in certain ways. Um, but this could be a good biomarker to help guide who actually needs antibiotics. Because when we look at antibiotics, right, uh, certainly azithromycin is a gold standard. Uh, azithromycin or uh, any kind of macrolide, the next step would be to do something like a ceftonir, a second or third generation cephalosporin. You can also do Bactrim. You can also do doxycycline. Those are all acceptable antibiotics for you know your low-risk uh, patient who's got moderate COPD exacerbation and the outpatient world. You know if they've been recently hospitalized or if they have at risk for complications, etc. Then you could use something like Augmentin or please don't, but it's also on the guidelines to use uh, respiratory fluoroquinolone like levofloxacin or moxifloxacin, but please don't use those, period. Don't use those. I should probably delete this off, but I'm too lazy to go back and stop. And so that's what I know. Again, we're talking about practice improvement. We're talking about individual ways that we look at our practice and say, am I practicing the best evidence-based medicine I can? Gold criteria is a very good guideline to follow, and it's still the, no pun intended, gold standard for COPD exacerbation management. But as we all know, it's a very vague world, and these are not open and shut cases. It's very gray. Which patients need antibiotics? Which patients need hospitalizations? Which patients are really, truly sick enough to call it a COPD exacerbation? Which patient uh, is going to be the one who benefits from antibiotics? And this is just another objective strategy or tool to use to improve your practice, to decrease any unnecessary antibiotics, to decrease any unnecessary treatments that could cause things like C. diff or other problems, and yet have the best clinical outcomes possible. So go forth, fellow practitioners, uh, knowing that while it is always appropriate to use an antibiotic in patients with moderate to severe COPD exacerbations, that there is a tool that could apply to your patient population. Again, caveat, these were hospitalized patients. 
But again, that makes me feel even better in the outpatient world where our patients are less sick or less at risk for complications that these non-antibiotic treatment groups had very similar outcomes. So I think this is a very reassuring study, even in the outpatient world. So how'd we do today? Enjoy what you're listening to? Any suggestions on topics for the podcast or recommendations of articles, please send them to me at primarycarepod at gmail.com. That's all one word, primarycarepod at gmail.com. We'll also take any comments, questions, or concerns about the episode. If you want me to read your comment or question on the next episode, I can certainly throw them in. Please include whether you want to that comment or question to be anonymous or credited with your name. And so we'll wrap up another episode saying thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. This has been Dr. Mark List reminding you, you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks and have a great day.